On this episode of Scaling Life, we are showing you a bit of our story on how we escaped Norway, came to Vietnam, started a business, are teaching entrepreneurs all over Europe how to scale their freedom businesses. And some of the choices that we have made, our thoughts around entrepreneurship, and a lot more. This is Scaling Life. We are your hosts, Maria Rigge and Petr-Erik Nyvold. To 10x your business, you also need to 10x your life. And each week, we'll share real-time stories on how to develop a resilient mindset, embrace failure, and master your entrepreneurial growth. We will share the highs and lows of scaling our own seven-figure business, taking care of our mental and physical health, balancing entrepreneurship with family responsibilities, and enjoying a location-independent lifestyle. Scaling Life is your real-world, real-life strategy guide for life and business. Now, let's get started. So what we're going to do in this podcast is we're going to have some episodes each. So Petra can talk about whatever he wants to talk about. And we don't have the fights directly when, <laughs> when recording. And I will talk about whatever I want to talk about. And then we will have a few episodes together. And we will also interview people that we know of, that we know, that has been working with us, that inspires us to share their stories of, and their life stories and their business stories. Petrek, tell me a bit about life back in Norway. Life back in Norway is routines. It's a lot of rules, too many rules for me. Uh, and uh, yeah, what uh, I great about Norway is um, the nature. I love fishing, uh, but what is not great is, uh, I feel like I was in a jail. Um, and uh, why I'm saying I felt like I was in jail. And um, I think my my way of looking at life, it's um, not, uh, doesn't fit the uh, Norwegian rules and society. Mm. I just feel like I'm a, kind of a person falling down from the moon and been setting Norway and I don't, I should never be there. And you had, this, you had this day, one day where when you woke up and you thought you were born in another country or w born in the wrong country. Yeah. So I think it was a nightmare or a dream or whatever it was, but I wake up and I was like, oh my God, I think I'm born in the wrong country. And um, since then I was like on a search or I was trying to figure out if that was true or not. Uh, but another thing is like, I didn't start to travel before I was really traveling before I was over 30. Mm. So I never figured out if it was true or not. So I need to find out mm. if I feel like I was born in the wrong country or what I happen in Norway is like I'm I'm doing so much of things that other things is weird scary uh not how you should live your life I remember my mother told me one time is like Patrick you're just living on a blue sky and dreaming and uh please one day you'll fall down and figure out how life is but I'm still not fall down from that and I still don't want to fall down mm. So I for sure appreciated the the security and the kind of orderliness of things uh, because I, I don't know, <laughs> I used to think of myself as an orderly person. It kind of changed after I got together with you. But it's, so it's my... Yeah, it's your, it's your fault. But <laughs> but I, I think I like the predictability, but I kind of relate to what you say about it's kind of too much of it. I, I remember feeling the need to be more impulsive to do more things I, I 
grew up in a family that wasn't very entrepreneurial. So just me figuring out that I wanted to start a business and kind of do a lot of things that people, I, I felt like I was weird for it. It was, it was making me doubt myself, even if I knew I was doing the best things for myself. Um, so I had a wish to, to study abroad when I was, when I was uh, in my 20th. And uh, what happened was then I met my ex-husband and then <laughs> for some reason I didn't go. So I never lived, lived abroad and never really traveled extensively either. So, but I also had the f this feeling that it was, I needed to try something else. It wasn't necessarily that it was something wrong with Norway. It was just me needing to try something else. Mm. So back to this uh, being in jail thing, because I felt like it was like too many rules around me. And so there is rules in Norway that, for example, um, you have this uh, traffic thing where you you speed thing where you need to drive, for example, 20 kilometer uh, in a... At the average av speed. Uh, average speed. And yeah. I, need, I really mean that this is to taking away the freedom for people. So I should decide if this distance, if I'm alone on the road and I'm driving in 90 kilometer per hour when it should be 70 because it's safe. It should not be a fucking box that are saying like, hey, you are breaking the rules now and then I get a ticket or I have fi a fine in my in the post after and I and I remember one time I almost lost my driving license because I'm too many of these boxes that are catching me <laughs> and I think that's not should not be legal that's uh, that's should people who figure out this thing should be in jail because I don't think it's it's just trying to protect the society but the creativity from people or the human in Norway will get less and less or more rules you are around. For me, not growing up with a lot of entrepreneurs around me. So like my parents and my aunts and like my family wasn't, I, I actually had an aunt that was an entrepreneur, but I didn't know much about it because we didn't talk about it. So I didn't know much about entrepreneurship and I didn't, I don't think I even knew that it existed before I was, before maybe I met you. I was, I was like always trained to do like the normal stuff. And, and although I was pretty good at it, it felt boring i think it was some something inside of me that that longed for more adventure or more experiences or a different experience or yeah and when we started um the first business we had together um i i felt just being around a lot of entrepreneurs a lot of like crazy people that had high goals and wanted to talk they talked about their ambitions and their income goals and all of those things inspired me a lot however i still felt like there was more there was more to it and and uh, for me it was a very very strong urge to actually leave norway and, and figure out what was elsewhere so when did you just wake up the morning and saying i want to start to be a rebel <laughs> or how, how did this happen i think you taught me to be a rebel <laughs> it's a good excuse to <laughs> no i I don't know. I, I, I think I always had a more adventurous side and a more risk-taking side, but I wasn't aware of it because I wasn't trained to use it. I wasn't um, encouraged to use it. So it was th this this shift of environments when we started the business and when we started to, to meet other entrepreneurs and, and coaches and people that wanted to be speakers and travel and a lot of that things. I realized that I had it in me. I just hadn't kind of acknowledged it yet. Um, I think that's that's what happened. So how did you decide to move to uh, Vietnam? 
what was the decision process in your head? No, I think it was this, we had this business that was very physical because we were traveling and, and doing a lot of speaking on physical stages. And I loved it because I, I love speaking on stages and I also love meeting people in person. So it was great, but it was very demanding, like both physically because of the traveling and also mentally because of like us having to be everywhere. And it was very stressful. Um, and combining that with kids, I at some point I felt maybe it was a bit too much. And then of course we we grew too fast and we talk a lot about the story of how we had to put the company down because we grew too fast and lost kind of a bit overview over it. And and that was f fueled by us just wanting to make a change. That's, at least that's, that's what I think we wanted to do so many things that we just took some bad choices and did too many things. So, but when, then, you, yeah. so when you say we grew too fast, what do you mean with it? Did so, we grow too fast? Or? <laughs> no, I meant we were we were hiring people and trying to to be too many places at the same time in this period. And, and from that experience where we had to put that company down, we learned that there is a certain kind of speed of the universe that we can't we can we can we can speed it up and we can do a lot of things but also there are certain like phases you go through when you scale a business that needs to be in place otherwise you're just it's just risky we talked about why i came to the decision of wanting to move to vietnam or at least the backstory so what was what was your story around it like how when did it get triggered and oh I, this is a funny interesting story because i was in a coaching education uh, so i took a nlp education uh, and he's a friend of me who run this school and they figure out uh, so we help this school to turn it into a help them to turn it into online school instead of having a physical nlp education or a coaching education and um and when they turn it into online school they wanted to show the extra or the exercises is that the right word or yeah um yeah, the coaching exercises yeah the coaching exercises to um, to show others online how they should do it. Uh, so the founder of the school was coaching me on something called Disney. And uh, Disney is an exercise in NLP where you put yourself in three different uh, boxes. One is uh, the optimist. So you should look at the optimistic about the okay. visionary or yeah, they think dreamer, maybe dreamer or optimist or, or yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, the, uh, and one is the real realist realist. Is that an English word? Realist? So. Yeah. And the other one is the skeptical. So the point is with the exercise is like I go around the, the room and one place is the skeptical person. Another place is the uh, realistic person. And the other one is the dreamer. So I should. Uh, so she asked me a question about, uh, about a case I want to be coached on. And on that time, I think it was one year before we moved to Vietnam. Mm. Uh, and oh. I don't think it was either a year. I think it was eight months or something. So um, the problem was that um, you have shared shared with or with um, shared custody, shared custody, and um, and we had the kids every second week. Uh, so that was one of the problem. Another problem was like how how we can do it uh, with because you want to be with the kids and husband with uh, ex husband want to be their kids and also didn't really have a job on that time because uh, we was just bankrupt. So moving to Vietnam was like, how can we do it without any money? So it was like, I, was, I think it was 10 things that was almost looks impossible if you look at it. So when I went to this uh, 
pessimist. It was like, this can never happen. It's impossible. And when I went to the realist, it's like, yeah, maybe it can happen, but it's more like in a five years time. And of course, the optimists want to move tomorrow. <laughs> uh, so we did this exercise. And um, so there was a study group, three, four people together. And I was watching this video with me when I was coached to learn this Disney model. And then one of the, so this was only eight months later, and we already moved to Vietnam eight months later. And one of these people uh, in the group who knew me said, so what do you think about what Petrarch is saying here? Do you think it's a dream or do you think it's possible or what do you think? And the three other ones like, and this is coaches and coaches should be kind of positive when they are thinking about things. They say, you know, this guy, he's just a dreamer. He's not like any realistic at all. And what he's saying is like, it can never happen. He can't fix this thing. He will never move to Vietnam. He doesn't have a job. He has together with a girl with two uh, kids from before. There's like all these things. So this guy need to be coached on being more realistic. So we need to help him. And then, so this one of these women called me and said, hey, can we do an interview with you? Because I want to share it with the group where we are now. And I said, yeah, I can do that. And I took it and we've been making a video. So I said like, hey, I'm in Vietnam now, living here with Maria and the two kids and we moved. Uh, so the video was made eight months back and we did it. So I think this, but this interesting with this story, if you really get coached on something or reset the reality and see what you can do with it, it is possible to do it much faster. Mm. But, um, and I believe that everything is possible. If mm. you just start, you know, all this thing with the secret and, um, and setting attention and all this thing. If you set the intention or set a goal or set a road on it and you start to follow it, everything is possible. Yeah, and I think for me, just the first step was even to admit that I had this idea, that I had this this, this wish. Because I think, and that, and that's maybe the problem with with like communities like Norway or or countries like Norway, because everything is so orderly and you're so well taken care of, and like you have the, all the government security system social security system and and it can make people not really think about what they want because everything is very convenient and and safe and i think so for me the, the first step was just really feeling actually my want and need to to do something else and admitting that to myself and and that's the first step of goal setting is just kind of really feeling what you want and allowing yourself to feel what you want even if it's weird because sometimes you, at least for us, <laughs> or maybe I should talk only for myself, some of the things I want other people look upon as weird, but it doesn't mean that it's not true for me. So, and then what you say is, is really true. Like after I really thought that this was something that I wanted, it happened relatively fast. A lot of things kind of fell into place and allowed us to take the kids and come and go here. Um, and then we ended up in Vietnam like coincidentally, even if I don't really believe in that, but <laughs> we were we were going on a vacation to Vietnam, summer 2017, and that was we, we booked a vacation before we knew that my ex-husband was going to to leave the country and we were going to have the kids, and we we had that vacation booked, and then when he said he was going to to leave and that we would have the kids, we started looking at just more researching actually places to live, and then we found Hoi An and and. Since we were already in Vietnam for the the four weeks vacation, we went here and checked out the school. And I remember the kid, the kids gotten sold on the lunches. So the warm lunches, like the, I think the school said, like we have two times a week we have Vietnamese food and three times a week we have international food. And you sometimes you have pasta and pizza. And I remember them like, yeah, let's go for it. <laughs>
Uh, what is super funny is when, when we were looking at places to live, for me, like the one criteria that was on top of the list was beach. Because we were we had this experience in, in Easter a few years before we moved here where we went to the Caribbean in the Easter and walked barefoot on the beach every single day for two weeks and had a computer in our back and just worked from a cafe. And for me, I just realized like, this is what I want. This is what I want. And I didn't even know like why. But when we ended up here, I just realized how important actually that is for me and for my mental health. So for me, being on the beach and now we live like literally one minute from the beach and I can go there every day. And for me, it's just therapeutic. And I think it has to do with grounding. I think it has to do with contact with nature. I think it has to do with me just just being for myself and, and also the, the the sound of the ocean and the beach changing from day to day. It's It's super interesting how good effect it has on me. And then when we come here, we it took a time to be to, to kind of really get to know people. And I kind of understand that because the, the the society is very like fluctuating because it's an international school and because some people come and some people go. And now we are at the same stage where, where people were when we came, like a bit of reluctant to get to know the newcomers because you don't know if they will leave in a year or a half year. So it took a time to to get to know it. But I think what happened especially on the COVID was amazing because we, everyone was kind of <laughs> prevented from going anywhere. And the people that wasn't planning to stay long-term, they just left. So the people that were here got really to know each other and spend a lot of time together because we couldn't travel and nobody could come to visit either. So I feel like right now, the, because it's very entrepreneurial, it's very, a lot of our friends or most of our friends has their own businesses. And it's very different from, from how it was in Norway. As far as I was there, West rules. <laughs> Vietnam is a great country if you don't like rules. So it's more like yeah, things that I meant should be allowed in Norway is uh, maybe not allowed here, but don't no, no one care about it. So I can still do so. I, uh, yeah, I can follow how I the rules I have in my head. I can follow without getting caught for something or get the police after me. So uh, that's a little bit joke, but uh, I. I think the most, yeah, I think that's one of the most important thing, but I also feel like, you know, um, this is maybe not so nice to say, but I feel always a bad stomach feeling when I'm going back to Norway because I feel I've lived there so many years and I don't need to stay there anymore because I'm finished with Norway. So there's so many other places I want to see of the world. And I, one of the things after we moved there, I started to travel when I was 30, but um, I moved here when I was 39. And um, even when it was COVID, I think I've traveled more the last year. And I also more like thinking about there is easier to do stuff. For example, now I'm going to Japan and from Japan, I maybe go to uh, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Uh, for one week and before that was like a crazy thing to do but now it start to be natural it's like hey i'm here to see the world and i believe that i live in the world i'm not living even if i have the main place is uh been vietnam for the last uh, six years so um yeah so i think uh, and also the culture thing we are more together with people or all, all over the world and uh, I also think that make you get a better mindset about what's going on in the world and yet more and not being caught by when I was in Norway uh, I was like all the problems that Norway have is the only thing you see like what is going on but we are more in the world you are just getting a bigger perspective and like 
you know the world is not so bad there is good things in the world and uh, yeah and um, as you said there is more entrepreneurial spirit first of thing if you're living in vietnam every every person around us are really entrepreneur every vietnamese have a shop in the front of their house so mm -hmm. they are entrepreneurs so they're more living is more accepted to be a entrepreneur and doing different things you're not weird you're not stupid you're not crazy you're not all this thing that you hear from um from family and friends or people you meet in norway that you're doing stuff but it's more like okay let's do it for example when we're going to vietnam and uh, ski uh, we are like i think it's 17 friends of us are joining now and i know that to get that happen in norway will be much harder because the life is so set or i'm talking about norway but i think it's more about a general lifestyle of um, being in a life where you study you start to work and you work the rest of your life and and you get into these routines this uh, a four frames and and you live in that and everything outside that is crazy it's weird it's uh, um you're not following what you should do so it's more about here is not people are not looking at you and thinking like you're doing something weird i think like wow that's fun that's interesting so so for me with my mindset and my way of looking at life this is much better so for me to as an entrepreneur i've been it all my life so there is no other option but for you you started quite late to be an entrepreneur and uh, how is it to live an entrepreneurial life what what is the challenges and what is the benefit for it oh. <laughs> that's a separate podcast episode but we can we can take the short verse now uh i for me the biggest drive was always making a difference so i the f my first attempts of being an entrepreneur was before i met you back in 2010 um, and i had a coach that i went to a few times that made just such a huge difference in my life i met her like for one hour and and a choice that i wasn't able to make i took like three months thinking about it and i wasn't able to make it and with one hour with her like oh it was super easy to make the choice and I, that was so powerful for me that i thought i i want to do this for others so i i kind of wanted I always had this drive of, of making a difference. And I wasn't thinking so much about being an entrepreneur. I was thinking about how can I make a difference? And I felt, and I guess that's that's true for many entrepreneurs, that when you are running your own business, you can, you can do more of the things you're meant to do or you feel called to do or you feel that's your um, purpose and mission. I can use a lot of big words about this. But uh, I, was, I was always driven by that. And I think that's also why I'm still an entrepreneur because now I feel like just, of course, the, the actual time management to be able to decide when I'm off and when I'm on and when I do things and, and all of that is a super good thing about be, being an entrepreneur. But I also still feel that running our own business makes me more able to actually do what I'm here to do in comparison to having a job. How is it for you? To be an entrepreneur? Yeah. And there is no other choice. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember when we went bankrupt and we didn't have any money or didn't have money for paying the rent in the house either. So I asked my father to, if I can borrow some money from him just to pay it, uh, if it was a hard time. And I remember he said this thing because on that time, you know, also the self-confidence when you, when I went bankrupt, self-confidence start to, you get this, or I got this thought in the head, like I've been an entrepreneur now for, yeah, this was when I was 38 or something, 
when it happened. So I've been an entrepreneur since I was 22, so 16 years, and I still not learned this stuff. I'm still doing mistakes. I got all these thoughts in my head, and I was like, okay, maybe, uh, maybe I'm not born to be an entrepreneur. Maybe I should do something else. So I start to look for jobs, and uh, and um, and every time I come to a job interview, I just felt it was totally wrong. But uh, but I was still thinking about to get a normal normal job and start to live a normal life and be uh, grow up like my parents always said so you need to grow up and stop dreaming but my father said this to me okay i'll give you this money or you can borrow the money if you promise me one thing never start a company again and that was just like sticking a knife in my into me and just dragging it around and really killing me it was like okay no you killed me and I said, and that was the shift for me because I said directly to my father, sorry, I can't do that. And I said, I think I also get the motivation to start up again the day after because I was like in a break time on that time. So, um, so for me, it's like there is not other choice because I like to have the, yeah, have my freedom to do whatever I want. I know someone thinks that I'm working too much, but it's also kind of my hobby to do it. It's, it's what I like to do, it's what I enjoy to do. So even if I'm working long hours, I, I I feel I'm growing, I feel like I'm challenging myself. And one of the things for me is also challenging myself much more. And to have the life I have now, because as I already said many times, but I have been feeling like I don't fit into office environment. I don't fit into... Um, going to a very I, I remember when i had my computer company and when i would need to go there every day i just feel like why do i need to go there but i had employee and i need to be the leader at showing up and checking that they're doing things but i really didn't want to be there and i'm so self-driven so i can work from whatever place it is i can work from a coffee bar i can work from an airport i can work from a plane i can i can just take up my computer and i'm in the mood to to work so just having home office and having a virtual office and having people or all our team to be all around that fits more my lifestyle it just yeah works better and um, and it's more important for me to be inspired by with uh, with what i have around me like uh, i can wake up every morning and look at the sea that's or i can sit outside and look at the sea in the evening and just like having this freedom opportunity to just work from there um that's inspire me and makes me like a better person and also a better entrepreneur. What is the benefit for you to run an online business? I love managing my own time. And of course, the, the remote team makes it easier because we aren't seeing each other. We don't have to be in the office. We can check in at the time we want. Of course, that comes with disadvantages as well because it's, it's kind of hard to, to run a remote team. But for me, just, just even being here in this time zone and being able to have some relaxed mornings because most of our clients aren't waking up before we have eaten lunch. So I can have all my self-care thing in the morning and then I can work between lunch and dinner and then I have time usually off after that as well. That works just super well for me. And I, I'm very different from you in the way that I I like to work and I, I can be super effective and I like it. And there's a lot of things that I do in my job that I, that I love, but it's not it's not my hobby as well. It's, it's, I need to have other hobbies and other things to, to balance it a bit. 
So after the bankruptcy, we just decided we need to have an online business because we want to be able to move somewhere. And this was before we knew that we could move somewhere because I still had shared custody with my ex. Uh, and we started selling what we knew. So Patrick started a sales course because he was a good salesman. I started a copywriting course because I just loved copywriting. And it didn't, didn't take a long time before people started asking us how they could start an online business, even if we kind of almost didn't start our own online business. That was a super fast transition. I think we got the uh, first first person who wanted us to help us with starting our online business. And when I mean online business is selling an online course or selling a coaching package or selling something like that online. And and then I remember someone contact me and say like, "Hey, uh, can you help me?" I say, "Okay, maybe I should get the first sales online by myself before I start to help you." Um, and there is many others, and I was I knew about American uh mentors but also some norwegian and swedish mentor that i said you you should go to this one because mm. they have done it for years and uh, this person said no i won't help from you because i know you're good with it so um and i <laughs> the funny part of it doing an online business i think everyone had the the first fear we are facing them when they're starting an online business is all this technical thing mm. and that also was kind of my fear because I've been working with sales. I like to meet people. I want to talk with people. I, it's, it's part of uh, why I love sales is because I just love to listen to people and see what they've done and learn from them and get the perspective on it. And when I'm doing sales, I always get this. So starting an online business was like learning what is a landing page, what is a funnel, what is a how do you create emails and email marketing and i remember some friends of me succeeded really early and i was saying to myself um okay um uh, this is not for me but i love that others can make money on it um and from my my thoughts when we decide that we want to move to another country i was thinking what can we do okay maybe we can start a bar or a restaurant but i have no experience in it and again then i need to go to a place every day and i don't want to need to go to a place because if we yeah, i think the owner need to be there in the start at least to get people to come and i think i had also a, a physical course in sales before and i turned that mm. into online course um but step by step i get to start to have passion for the psychology of my online marketing and i Oh, I love it. I love copywriting. I like the psychology, how you how you step by step turn people into sales, how you get more sales. It's like this is it's like a yeah, I'm addicted of it. I just love it. I love to create new products, uh, test it out. And of course, nothing is better. And we see someone are succeeding. I talked with one guy yesterday. He has got like seven, eight sales uh, after working with us for four months. And it was uh, it's not like a huge thing, but it's a sales on two, three K. Uh, euro or US dollar. So it's like good to see that we are helping people to get nearer to have another lifestyle because I think many want to many want to have not exactly what we have, but mm. uh, have a more opportunity to have more freedom mm. and uh, not need to meet people or go to a place uh, and just have it more online. Yeah. And and we started with with selling on webinars. And that was kind of a natural transition because we had been say, selling from stage in our previous business a lot. And we studied, we used, I, I used a lot of time getting good at selling from stage because I was, I had this super limiting <laughs> mindset around sales. I felt that in the beginning when I started, now that's why I didn't succeed as a coach as well, because I had no idea how to actually sell and market myself. And I had this idea that 
if I was selling something, I was kind of forcing someone to buy something that they didn't want. I actually had this picture in my mind, I think, of, of me kind of taking a plastic bat over someone's head and kind of catching them and so they couldn't breathe. And that was, of course, not serving me very well when I was going to sell. But then we learned a lot of things about selling from stage, including just connecting to the emotional motivation of what we're doing, why we're doing what we're doing. And for me, I think that was the the big one because that, as I already said, that was my also motivation for running a company was just being able to make a difference. I mean, I realized selling is is about helping and it is about making a difference. It was much easier. So we started doing webinars and we started teaching webinars and then we started teaching like more of a business course and it turned into a business where we where we now help people to both start take their physical business over to an online business, but also scaling the online business. And as you already said, you you got like super passionate about the the sales and marketing strategies and tactics. And I think for me, the the biggest passion is the personal development that happens for people when they go on that journey. And I think that's some of the things that sets awesome apart from other sales and marketing mentors is we talk a lot about the mindset because we came from a personal development background. We, we used to have that as a business. and. And there's a lot of things that you that sounds kind of easy in theory when you think about, for example, setting up a Facebook ads. It's not that complicated. Of course, it's an advantage if you know a bit of, of technology, but it's not super complicated. But people, because they're afraid of spending money or they're afraid of losing money or they're afraid of being visible or they're afraid of like, there's so many things that goes with the actual sales and marketing tactics that we are helping them with. And for me, that's, that's my biggest motivation every day. Hmm. Yeah, it's a good point because people are spending maybe uh, yeah, thousands of dollars every year to buy new clothes and traveling and all this thing. And you never freak out if you buy a jacket for $500 or $1,000 or something. It's not like you get a nightmare and you can't sleep in the night. And and you, you, and the same thing with you buying insurance and then maybe paying thousands of dollars every year for insurance and you're not freaking out and thinking about oh what about what should i do with this money and and having the and waking up in the night and checking how it's going with the money but when people start to do online marketing and they're going to spend like 500 dollars on ads they're like freaking out they're sending me a message in the night should i turn it off now i see the price is going up what should i do now it's like relax it's like <laughs> it will be fine uh, and um and I think that's part of what you talk about being an entrepreneur. You also need to grow. And and for me, after being an entrepreneur so many years, I, it's good with learning the technical side with having online business. But the most important thing to really succeed is to have a mindset that you are not afraid of failing. Mm. Or, of course, you should not be, you should not think about everything will go well, but not freaking out if something is not working and and uh, stopping it and i think uh, the most important thing for when it comes to entrepreneurship that i'm in is still uh continue walking mm. if something is not happening if you don't get the sales or you get not get the client or, or whatever um many just freaks out and freeze i need a two months break and freezing and after that two months break in break you are even more broke than i ever been and then you're going to start up again because you had a break. I, I remember I had a, a session with some um, some clients in a Q&A and uh, there was a group that I normally don't follow, but there was uh, uh, clients of us. And I think this was in January, February one year. And and they started 
they said, oh, it's good to see you, Patrick. And now I'm ready to get back. I need, really need a break. I was like, break? What do you mean a break? Yeah, I need to think about my target niche and my offer. Okay, think. So did you think? Uh, no, I just need a break. I have been thinking about it. Okay, I've taken a decision. No, I'm not taking a decision because I need to think. But it was so good to think. Okay, so what have you been thinking about? No, it was just good with a break and think. So they, nothing has happened. Uh, and I don't believe that you build self-confidence, build uh, self, uh, self-trust in yourself. If you're not doing things, you need to learn and do things. And that's one of the things with entrepreneurship. You just need to step up doing. If things are not going well, you need to do more. You can't stop up and do less and think of if you want to reach your target and have the life you want and want the client you want. You need to do more. You can't stop up and do less. And this is kind of a, something that I am really passionate about. What about you? <laughs> what are you thinking when I say? <laughs> now, this is one of the things I, I, I feel like maybe we're not totally agreeing about because I, I know for myself, I, had, I have had a burnout at the, to- at the point. I was like two, two years out of work and I know the feeling of just like, having done so much that there's no more energy to to take from and then not being able to do more. I'm not saying that that's always the case. If people are taking a break, it can be just because they're avoiding something that they need to look at. And that's something totally different. But I also feel like one of the things that I'm learning for myself is that when I balance doing with being, when I balance working with going on the beach and doing all the self-care and the massage and all the things that I do, I am... I feel like a better person or I'm a happier person of myself or, um, and I can contribute more. So there's, there's, and I always talk about inner and outer progression. I, I think that parts of the journey is, is that when you have done a lot of things, when you have kind of started a funnel or set up the ads and that did a webinar and started a course and la la, maybe the next step is, is the inner progression, which is more about learning to overcome some beliefs or doing something it doesn't mean that you're not doing anything it just means that the work is more kind of on the inside so i yeah, don't know but that's not entrepreneurship no no, no. it's not <laughs> <laughs> so have a break is not entrepreneurship you're not running a business if you're like oh i want to take six months break it's and I'm great gonna... if you have a business that can run without you for yeah six months. but if we are starting more about startups now so yeah, yeah of course if it works you can do it but then you don't have a then you have a break, but the business doesn't have a break. Yeah, no. That's but, I, but I also think it is about creating businesses that we can that we can live well with because people want to have a good life. So people need to start a business in the way that or in a um, and find that balance of actually being able to have a good life and be an entrepreneur. I want to share more of um, how it is to really be a online entrepreneur had the possibility to travel and or sharing our life but also how it is to run a company uh, because i think many doesn't know how it is to run a company and i also say in company because i want to inspire more people to think about uh, if you're a coach and consultant i see many who are just thinking about this a one-man show mm-hmm. and i want to keep it like a one-man show and that's fair the problem is like if you get sick you don't have a business so i want to inspire more people to see opportunities how they can automate more how they can have a business without being dependent on day doing stuff and um and also that's uh, even if i saying that i love to do what i'm doing um i also want to have more opportunities and i have more opportunities now i can travel more i can have more holiday i'm working uh me my life is more like um, 
I can work 12 to 15 hours in a period of time and then I can have off for two, three weeks and I can have more on and off thing, but others need less. But I think it's designing your life and sharing stories about um, what is happening in our life mm-hmm. and um, and inspire others to to do more of what they want to do. What about you? Oh, it's partly similar to what you say. I feel one of the things is just sharing things from my life and the, and the possibilities because as we talked about earlier the a lot of the people we meet and a lot of people back in Europe maybe are limiting themselves from actually looking at what they can and what they want to do so just inspiring people to do crazy stuff and and crazy stuff in a good way what people really want to do um, and also because I think there are a lot of when you make a choice there's always good consequences and bad consequences and just sharing like how we balance what we do how we balance work-life balance how we are parents like i'm parent to two we are parents to two uh international citizens now like my oldest son is is applying for university all over the world and there's so many things and opportunities that comes with the choice that we made but it's also challenging so just talking about more of the things that we experience and our thoughts around it and for me also just my main goal is to inspire more people. And that was always my goal. And that is still my goal. So I want to speak more. I want to kick people's asses when they need it. I want to inspire them. I want to share our stories. Another thing, I got a question from a friend uh, a week ago. So to say like, Patrick, you are still working a lot and you're not getting where you want to come with having a business working without you. And then I said, yeah, in a way you're right, but I'm also doing totally different things I'm today than I did for five years ago in the business. I'm mm-hmm. kind of growing and mm-hmm. I'm, I think like growing in life or growing in your business is also growing in life because I have done a lot of different things in my life the last, for example, year than I did before. I had many years when I didn't work out at all. I didn't think, take care of my health. I was just partying and just eating whatever I wanted and didn't I felt it was boring but uh, I also grow in that way so I'm more taking care of all the life I also know that you and me have some discussion about uh, we can be better on it but we are also doing it more taking care of our relationship and I think when you like an entrepreneur or um, a person that want to be an entrepreneur also taking more part and growing in all places in life mm. you also grow as an entrepreneur, grow in what is possible. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. To dig deeper, visit awesome.com forward slash scaling light. That's A-W-E-S-M dot com forward slash scaling light. You'll find show notes, resources, and links mentioned in this episode, as well as links to our socials. If you like what you heard, Please rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice. Your feedback is so important to help more entrepreneurs to discover this show. Our goal is to provide inspiration and we hope you'll continue scaling alongside us. Thanks for your support and see you next time.